What's up, little mistakers? And welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast with your host, Justin McNeil. Each week we have a guest on our show that we invite on to tell us about mistakes that they've made throughout their lives. And me and my co-host, Andrew Gleason, laugh at those mistakes with the hopes that you little mistakers will learn that mistakes are okay. However, little mistakers, you're not getting a humor in mistakes podcast this week. You're getting a Keeping It McReal podcast. Don't know what that is? Well, let me give you a little history lesson. When I first started this podcast, it was called the Keeping It McReal show. Yeah, the name was great. I never dropped any of those episodes because I thought I was terrible at interviewing. And it turns out I was, but it's okay because anything you do when you first start out doing it, you're going to be bad. This episode is from March 2018, and it's with my good homie Sumanth, amazing yoga instructor and programmer. He has a lot of great life lessons about living in the moment, becoming results-oriented, and just understanding that he has to be his own man and not do 100% of the things that his parents told him to do. I'd like to thank Sumath for being one of the original guinea pigs for the Humor in Mistakes podcast slash Keeping It McReal podcast. If you happen to be in the Raleigh area, little mistakers, go check out his arm balancing workshop at Indigo Hot Yoga. It'll be a great time. You can check it out on his Facebook. Sumath, thank you for doing this. And little mistakers, check out this episode. So, so to start, get started, um, tell the people about yourself, like your elevator pitch, if you will. Hello, everybody. Um, I am Sumanth Mukala. Um, I'm new to Chapel Hill. I'm, uh, I moved from Cary, and I work for a company called Quintiles um, in the area as a programmer. And I've been a friend of McNeil's from uh, improv comedy. We did. When did you first start improv? Um, I started um, last year um, in November, October, oh. November. Okay. And uh, what got you started? Well, um, I thought my personality was uh, was one where I wouldn't automatically naturally interact with people. I would, you know... Um, sit uh to the side and be be myself be be into myself and i wanted to improve that part of my personality and sort of become more social so i um i was listening to a couple of podcasts that i you um you know regularly listen to and the guy was like you know i tried improv comedy and it's it was so helpful and i i do much better now and i'm like okay well, let me check that out <laughs> so so describe yourself before taking the course or well one uh improv 101 
Well, before Improv 101, I was nervous. In, in fact, I can tell you how I was in Improv 101. <laughs> really? I was so nervous. I was shaking to get on stage. Um, I couldn't get any words out of my mouth the first couple of classes. Um, and um, my teacher was so graceful, and she was like, okay, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And she stuck with me, and I came out pretty well. You know. <laughs> what made you sign up for the second course because you kept going right yes yes I actually went through all of those courses until 501 end of 501 Um, I usually tend to that I usually tend to stick with things because I don't like giving up in the middle Um, and I was like okay no matter how bad I I sound on stage how bad I might look on stage I'll still do it okay so that was it. So so we talked we talked a little bit about comedy. Let's let's talk about your personal life. Like what? So what you said you program during the day? Yes, um, I'm I'm I do data analysis for a clinical research company. Okay. Uh, so that's like a, an eight to five job. Oh, nine hours. They get nine out of you. Well, I I take a oh, an hour lunch break okay. obviously. Um, yeah, and. When you're when you're home all day, you, you want to get out in the evening. That, in fact, that was one of the other reasons why I started doing improv. Because I used to live in Kerry, and there's not much. No offense to anybody <laughs> living in Kerry, uh, there's not much to do in the evening. So I thought, okay, I'll get out and go to go do some improv in lively Chapel Hill. Okay. <laughs> so. So let's give the people a little background. Like, um, where are you from? Uh, how did you get here? How did you arrive? Okay. Um, basically, I was born in a generation in India where everybody wanted to become a doctor or an engineer. Okay. That was, that was what people were looking at. Because India as a country needed, I guess, needed uh, a lot more doctors and engineers at that okay. point. So um, a lot of engineering colleges popped up. Um, and my parents were like, you're going to become an engineer. Oh, so they didn't even. So rather than even give you a choice of doctor or engineer, they like said engineer. Oh, there's never a choice for the <laughs> Indian, Indian kids. Okay. Well, now they do have choice. Um, it's either doctor or engineer. Like, you get those two choices? They've added a couple more. Okay. Like you can become a pharmacist. You can become a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, maybe a, a professor or whatever. Um, but, Anything yeah. that requires extra schooling. Yes. Okay. That's it. You got it. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, they chose engineering for me, and I was like, "Hmm, I am, I'm, I wasn't really good at math in school, uh, so the, this might not be a good choice for me." And my dad was like, "Well, if you don't want to do engineering, it's pharmacy for you." Pharmacy for you. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that sounds at least different because, um, you know, all of my friends were getting into an engineering school, so I was like, "Okay, I'll do pharmacy." <laughs> so I finished my bachelor's in pharmacy in India. Um, and then I wanted to stay in India and do some stuff. And my parents were like, okay, there are too many people in India and there are too few jobs. So you need to get out. It's easier in America. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. So um, I applied for a college in Michigan. I got admitted. Um and all I was thinking about was freedom, freedom, because <laughs> I was still 21. And in India, you typically stay with your parents until you 
in fact until you get married really uh-huh um so i um i was like okay so so what is it like because I, I i really don't know like what is it like someone telling you like the next steps in your life because was it like a roadmap from like zero to 21 like what you're going to be doing basically pretty much like it's it's it, it was so easy because i didn't have to use my brain <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong but that's how it was really um you don't think for yourself um especially um if you don't have a personality where you're like um like you're trying to tell other people what you uh, what you want to do yeah. and you're like complying with people most of the time it's very difficult cuz you have to listen to your family so did you have like anything in your personality like for example like you were a class clown or something that you think may have been repressed or is it like anything like personality traits that you feel like maybe were repressed a little bit growing up? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, I I never had a best friend in school. Is that not allowed? It, it was allowed. It was. I didn't feel like I could, um, you know, I didn't have the confidence to go and socialize with people that often. Uh, and I was... Um, Overweight in class, in school. Oh, you're in shape now, like y'all. Yeah. He 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 got some muscle on him, like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. He, he works out. You can tell. Uh-huh. Um, so people used to make fun of me. I was bullied a lot in school, obviously, um, as a kid, um, and. I, well, uh, when I recollect uh, my childhood now, I really don't feel like I had any good memories from high school or middle school or anything like that. Really? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was really happy to get out of India and be my own self. Okay. So, um, yeah. Did you, so did you have like a, we call it the, uh, so we had a private school growing up and they were private school kids from elementary school, middle school. And then in high school, they, they wild out. Like they were the, the crazy kids. Did you become like the crazy kid after you like were out of your parents' shadow? I, uh, well, I wouldn't call uh, crazy, okay. but my parents definitely call it crazy. Um, you got the you got the blonde hair, man. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad still calls me like, "Did you cut your hair yet?" I'm like, "No, dad." And he's like, "Don't come to India with that hair." <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, my transformation started slowly. I was when I first arrived in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous because our English is a little different, and people didn't understand me because I had a sort of a, an Indian accent with which was basically British English in Indian accent okay uh, so people were like what what did you say I was like I couldn't even go to a bank and open an account because I was so afraid of um, uh, the teller uh, saying uh, in, not able to understand me at that point being not able to understand me. Yeah. So, like, uh, uh, I was like, okay, I need to fix this thing. So, um, what I did was I got a job in um, the university um, phone center where mm-hmm. you call people up and ask for donations. I hate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate y'all <laughs> with a passion. I paid tuition. Don't call me and ask me for any more money. <laughs> I heard that a lot <laughs> over the phones. Um, 
Yeah, but that job really helped me out. Really? With, um, you know, helped me out with communicating with people, um, understanding what they're saying, and tuning my accent to match the American accent a little more um you know it was it was great and i was i was one of the two foreign students in that um job okay. at that point of time and then you graduated and moved to raleigh mm-hmm. or, yeah. or carry well yeah I, I i moved to raleigh in 2011 for okay. my first job i worked for a company in raleigh um and uh i I I loved the place right away. Um, something I really enjoyed was uh, the vegetation, the trees outside. Oh, like it's like in Michigan, it's all white. <laughs> okay. You don't see anything at all. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is great. People are not wearing uh, those big jackets okay. and stuff. So it's great. And I was like, um, yeah, I was like, I want to be here. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't because that was my first job. I got fired uh, wow. after five and a half months. <laughs> Why? Uh, basically, it was bad because I was right after, uh, out of college. Okay. Um, um, I was I was decent, I'd say. I, I wasn't that bad. But, you know, there are some politics in offices and things like that. But, yeah, Fair anyways. enough. Um, that was a good experience because uh, I, got, I got to travel to other places. Um, I went to Atlanta. I went to um, Michigan again, Dallas. I worked in several different places. And then I finally found uh, the right job for me here. Okay. I came back in 2009. 13. Okay, then you transitioned to taking improv 101 eventually and Right. Yeah. Uh improv 101 happened in um 2016 uh fall. Okay. And and now we're here. You know, well, fast forward a little bit. Now we're here. I uh, met him through improv. And then he heard about the podcast, and I wanted him on. So uh, let's get started. Uh, we're going to talk about your mistakes. Are you, are you cool with that? Yes. Okay. So, um, what like when I when I think of mistakes, I'm thinking about like stuff that you thought was really bad at the time, but now that you reflect on it, it might have been a life lesson or you know something that benefited you. So let's talk about a time, I guess, from your uh, first coming over to America, like a mistake that you made that you thought was ah, terrible at the time well the first mistake I thought was um, um, the first one was um, you know um, using my parents money for education here like my dad was gladly he was willing to pay he was just writing checks he was he was writing a check for the first semester and then he basically said everything else is going to be a loan and you got to pay back um, I was like I know that I'm not going to study that hard because I'm coming here to be free. (laughs) I'm coming here to be myself, to find myself. And I was like, I don't know how this semester is going to go. And at the end of this, how am I going to face my dad Uh, and things like that. But slowly. What were your grades at the end? uh, uh, I think it was 3.1 or 3.2. That's is that terrible? Of course, according to India standards. For for international student, you have to be at least three. Okay. So three point two was just barely making it. Hey, so that's what we gotta do in life sometimes, man. <laughs> 
so uh, my parents didn't know the grade point average, uh, how it's calculated here. So they were like, okay, that's fine. You, you did pretty well, they thought. Um, but slowly I started understanding the bigger picture. It's not just about grades. It's not about, um, you know, paying tuition and going to school. It's about figuring out who you are. And I slowly started doing that when I um, did these odd jobs out of school, worked at a subway, uh, worked in the phone center. Okay. Um, then I, start, I started understanding what I really enjoyed doing, what my personality was. And it took a little bit of time, but I started to get over that fee thing. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So so you're saying, like, your, your mistake was taking the money at first, but in in retrospect, you were able to learn from it because you got to do experience a lot of new things. Yes, I, it was... It was uh, well worth it. Um, um, if I had not let my dad uh, help me out, um, then I probably wouldn't have been so open, so myself. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't have been myself if I stayed back in India. This probably was the way for me to find, figure out who I was. So in a way, your parents controlling your life and sending you to America actually helped you become who you are. Uh, that's <laughs> like, difficult to accept, but it's probably true. <laughs> um, so, so in your professional life, uh, let's talk about some of the mistakes there. Well, uh, professional life... Um, as I as I mentioned, I got fired in my first job. Um, I was ill prepared uh, for the job, um, and um, in Did fact, you if, lie on the resume a little bit. Huh? Did you lie on your resume a little bit? Fluff it up? Uh, fluff it up uh, in my own way. <laughs> not, not too bad though. Okay. Um, well, the thing I did, the first mistake I did was um, I did too many uh, hours of. Um, work when I was in my master's program, which is not recommended. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, you know, focus on school, spend more time, and try and find an internship rather than work at a, a restaurant or a subway or a gas station, whatever it is. So because I was working so many hours, like 30, 40 hours outside, um, I was tired after coming back from work, and I couldn't put in as much effort I would have put in if I hadn't worked those hours. So that was one of the mistakes. And 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 because of that, I was not really prepared right after I got out of um, school uh, for the job uh, ahead. So um, I was always constantly depending on um, my colleagues at work for help or spending a lot of hours um, on the internet uh, looking for answers. Which is not really the right way to do. Um, you know, you, of course, you depend on your colleagues, but you you don't spend all your time um, doing work, which which is not healthy. Yeah, um, you, you got to be able to relax for a little while and then get back to work. Um, and uh, I was so. I was so I was lacking so uh, I was lacking confidence at that point in time with everything else in my life. I my uh, my finances were messy. Um, I wouldn't visit my parents for like three years or something like that. Um, everything was a mess. Um, so um, 
I slowly figured out how I can work things out and slowly started to plan everything better. Yeah. And um, that sort of helped me out. So I, I don't want to gloss over that because uh, what you just said was is important. You said there was a time when a lot of things were messy. Uh, finances, you know, uh, trying to visit your folks. Uh, your job situation was messy. And I'm sure at the time, like, that was very hard on you. Uh, so I don't want to gloss over that and say you started to figure things out. Like, I wanted you to go into a little bit of detail about how you got out of that because I want someone listening to you know maybe take some steps from that right um, well first of all um, there are a lot of things that that you experience for the first time and you freak out like really freak out and then um, I made a lot of mistakes in that in that uh, time. Um, the way I communicated with people around me, uh, the way I communicated with my managers, or the the way I treated work in the sense. Initially, when I started, I was like, "Okay, um, this is my work, and I'm getting paid for eight hours a day, and I'm spending extra hours, and I, it's still not getting done." That's not my fault because I'm spending time, but time doesn't count. What counts is is the work getting done. Results. Yeah, yeah. And um, it took me a lot of effort to get it get out of that mindset of, of you know, uh, time is not important um, versus um, results, right? So. Um, I, 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 I was chastised by my manager a couple of times. Um, I felt shame at work uh, because I couldn't get the work done even after spending um, 24 hours or 32 hours a week on the on one task. And then slowly I figured out it's not the time; it's the result that counts. And because I hadn't worked uh, in any job, um, any meaningful job, um, before my master's um, at all, I didn't know that. And I slowly figured it out while working the job. And um, that's what sort of helps me plan things now, you know? Yeah. Uh, result is what drives work right now. So when you got fired, like, was that like a scary feeling? I was shaking. I was shaking. Like, what's happening? I'm, I mean, I have so many student loans to take care of. And um, um, I got fired. Will I find another job? And in that scary moment, you don't really perform well in the uh, fall, uh, next interviews as well. Yeah. You, you you get freaked out. You appear at the interview interviewer's table, and then you're like, you're being too, um, like, too needy at that point. You're like trying to um, coddle everything up, and you're trying to make yourself look better in every which way. <laughs> you're not answering to the point. Yeah. So that's something that I learned over the time that 
you need to trust in uh, trust your own abilities and you know just be yourself and be confident do you have like a good firing story like did you go out there like well you know what if you don't want me i don't want you either like did you or did you i always like a good firing story like you broke a window as you were leaving well there 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 was a there, it wasn't a firing story there was a story where um i was basically doing contract jobs at that point so i was working at this one company where they worked me like a dog like 10 hours 12 hours every day and and they weren't they weren't paying that much money yeah so i, I was still looking for other jobs on the side and i found a really good job and um and and the manager, I still remember, he was, he was, he was a jerk. He was, <laughs> um, so I was, there was a big um, presentation that I was supposed to give uh, the next day. Yeah. Um, that evening, I was like, I packed my bags. I left the laptop at the office. And I didn't show up. <laughs> I broke it off. He, he, he emailed me on my personal email as, as well a couple of times. I didn't respond. And he got to know the news um, that afternoon from the... Um, from the consulting company yeah. that he's quit the job. <laughs> so that was, that was sort of my mild revenge. I, I like it. I like it. I love a good firing story or like a quitting story. Uh, so then you, so you started doing comedy. Like, let's talk about like some of the, you, you talked about being scared on stage, but going through it. Uh, tell me about that mind state. Like what got you to the point of where you don't quit and you were, you're just going to see comedy through. Well, um, uh, I was really scared um, initially. I wouldn't even lift my head up. I would, I would look down. In fact, there, I was looking at Facebook a couple of days ago, and it, it, it gives you these memories and stuff. <laughs> so I was, I was looking at those one-on-one pictures, yeah. and I was like, just looking down, not, <laughs> not towards the crowd. Um, well, my main goal uh, was I had a goal that I was looking at was to become a little more social. Yeah. And I knew that I wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't really getting any closer to that goal. So I was like, no matter how, how long it takes, I'm going to get there. Okay. So that was always in, on, on my mind. So, so the point I'm trying to make is when you don't have a goal set, you don't know where you're going and it's easy to quit. But when you see something ahead and, when, and, and that means something to you, you always try to push yourself more. I like that. I like that. And you just gave a little bit of uh, a little bit of motivation. So we're going to get to the, the next part of the podcast. Um, unless you have more any any more insights or any more mistakes you want to talk about with the people. Anything that was very significant in your life. Well, I've made a lot of significant mistakes as uh, in terms of personality. Um, like Talk under about it. Understanding people was such a difficult thing for me because I'm, I'm, I'd consider um, myself more to be a um, logical person uh, rather than an emotional person. Okay. Which is not bad. Some people are logical. Some people are emotional um, on a certain scale. So it was, and I come from a society which is more emotional than logical because uh, uh, because of the economic situation okay. and whatever. Um, so I would always look towards doing things in an optimal way. 
like use of less resources and get the things done but but people in my circle want me to do things uh, it want me to be more accommodating so uh, I've always not always sometimes treated people uh, like um, in a way where they felt really uncomfortable working with me, even my friends. And I've made some grave mistakes with my relationships as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which I don't want to get <laughs> deep into. Oh, man, I could talk for <laughs> days. Oh, man. Um, so um, those things taught me uh, a lot of things uh, in terms of um, how to read people, how to understand people, how to how to uh, figure out what what are really common between you and the other person and and, and in turn those things help me out communicate with people better uh, coordinate and work um, get get work done essentially that that is such a good lesson because like for me it took me a long time to realize everyone doesn't think like you and like I was like wow like everyone's coming to like life with a different perspective like I've always been like kind of blunt and I'm like wait a minute some people don't like that like and I always thought like everyone wanted bluntness very true like the wheels in our brains don't turn the same way yeah. everybody is different um, and uh, and also I don't like the word stupid because yeah. you're using the word stupid to defend the way you think because yeah. everybody has their own language the way uh, everybody thinks is different yeah. so you, just because you don't understand the way that they, their brain works and the way that they're communicating you can't call them stupid exactly it's just a, it's just a, I even sometimes think a lack of knowledge is an advantage because you're thinking of it from a perspective of someone who doesn't know anything about it like so I've always thought like that's always good too like not to know because uh, they always say like in programming if you can teach program to someone who doesn't know it then so if you can dumb yourself down to not know it and teach it to someone then you're even better so like I think like not knowing something is a whole different perspective as well very true yeah. I mean um, um, it's like not having a bias right like yeah you're, you're just coming with a free mind and exactly and that in fact that was that's how it was for me when I first came here and started learning the culture and people well especially in my relationships they were saying well you can't say that you can't say this why not it's it's logical it's it's the way english is supposed to be used and i was like we don't do that in america <laughs> what did i learn all these yeah. rules for uh, and i would cop out by saying well what you speak is not english what i speak is english <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm from India. Like, that's a very good excuse. I'd still be using it now if I were you. Like, oh, I'm from India. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, what I want you to do now is I'm about to put about a minute, minute and a half on the clock. And have you ever uh, listened to a black preacher? Uh, I may have. I, I listened to a black preacher on uh, on YouTube. Uh, the guy who was uh, on the hoverboard, uh, that video. Have you watched that video? I haven't watched that one. There was a black preacher um, somewhere in the South. Um, he was on a hoverboard okay. preaching people. Okay. So I want you to get And Have you ever seen like a motivational speaker like uh, Gary Vee or uh, uh, Les Brown? One of those guys types. Gary Vee, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want you to 
envision that you're on stage and I want you to give like your life lesson in about a minute, a minute and a half. And I'm going to I'll cue you. I'm going to start the music and I'm going to cue you. And then uh, you give your motivational speech. However, you would give it. You cool? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I'll signal you when it's time to start. Well, life to me is about understanding yourself better. It's you can't perform well in life if you don't know better about yourselves. You, if you don't know how your brain functions, how you do things. So start with start there. Understanding yourselves and what your desires are and what you want to do with your life, what your skills are and how you can use those skills to to make a mark in this world. And as as Bruce Lee said, it's about being in the moment, not about focusing on what you need to do in the future or what, where you have to go or whatever. It's, it's about staying in the moment, enjoying the things that you see around you and living the life in the present. Y'all heard it. He just gave y'all a motivational speech. You didn't think, could you have predicted what, 10 years ago, eight years ago, when you first came over here, that you'd be giving a motivational speech on the radio? Uh, no. And uh, not, not in a podcast or a radio show. <laughs> See how far you've come, man? Uh, you, you have some things you want to plug, right? Yes. Um, so, uh, I'm coming with a podcast uh, soon. Um, it's, oh, sweet. It's, it's going to be me and um, one of my friends, Sean Finn. Okay. Um, it, uh, the podcast is uh, is going to be called uh, Two Guys and a Bottle of Whiskey. Really? Are you a whiskey guy? Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a scotch guy. Oh, wow. Um, scotch and Irish whiskey. Okay. I'm and a white liquor man. You're a white liquor? Yeah. Uh, we could do that, too. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, Sean is... Um, Irish, uh, he, he he has Irish roots, so okay. it's like Irish whiskey man. Okay, so, so that's that's how we came about um, with the name of the podcast and uh, the concept. Um, I'm gonna um, reveal the concept in a in a little bit. Okay, uh, just for now, it's uh, the name of the podcast, and I hope um, you and uh, all I hope members, I get an invite. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And when, when will this start? Um, it'll start in January. Okay. So. Like 2018 resolution. Two thousand. Well, this has been on, on the cards for about a year now. Okay. And finally it's taking shape and getting into... Uh, Getting into um, the space where we can actually, um, you know, release it. Uh, I'm excited for you. Anything else you want to plug? Um, well, that's all. And um, well, that is the end of the Keeping It Mick Real podcast. We hope to see you again.